begin transmission. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Outer Rim Transmission number 53. We are talking all about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. The game finally is out, and we have both played it, me and Ben. So we're going to talk about our first impressions for the game. It's a very massive game, so we have a lot to talk about there. We also have some rumors on the TV series front. A bunch of celebration news and updates on panels and guests. Plus, we have some new Star Wars action figures that have been revealed by Hasbro. So we're going to get to all of that this week. But how was your week, Ben? Um, my week was pretty good. It was a pretty, pretty just normal week. You know, lifting and mm -hmm. just doing the normal fitness thing and that sort of stuff. Nothing, nothing too exciting. And you know, for my for uh, you know for it, it was a really good week, I would say, just just uh, being in the groove of normal life. And, you know, I had that going on. And then, you know, I had some interesting times like during the week. So when I was working out, you know, I, I mean, me and Milton talk about it all the time on here. Like when we're on the treadmill, you know, we're looking up Star Wars stuff on YouTube. And this week for me, uh, I, I went and I was looking up different Star Wars fan films on YouTube. And it was cool because there was actually like an Ewok an Ewok hunting stormtroopers type fan film on Endor, but it was from like six years ago or so, seven, like six, seven years ago. So it was before Battlefront, which was pretty cool because I think actually, you know, uh, you know, we had kind of joked around about it before, like, you know, sure. They didn't get inspiration from this new rendition of Battlefront. But if you think about it from the original Battlefront 2 2005, there was an Ewok hunt where you played as scout troopers versus Ewoks on mm -hmm. that original game. So I feel like that's where those content creators got that idea from. But, uh, you know, I just think when it comes to fan films like that, it's like really inspiring because you look at some of the shots in fan films and you're like, dang, they either shot these on like DSLR cameras or there's a lot of people do them on smartphones nowadays because heck, look how... Look how good quality, like some smartphones shoot like 4K and all kinds of stuff. So like, what's the point of even carrying around a big, heavy camera? Like when, you know, you have people shooting, shooting films on smartphones. Like there was a, there was a movie, heck, even a couple years ago that came out in theaters that was shot exclusively like on iPhones. So there's a, there's all kinds of examples of it nowadays. And it's just really fascinating seeing how fans specifically are doing it to make Star Wars fan films. Yeah, so that's funny. You specifically talk about the Endor one with the, the troopers and the Ewoks because we always, you know, look at the Ewoks as cute, cuddly creatures, but a lot of those hardcore fans, and they're like, these guys, literally, these, these creatures really ate these people, burned them alive and ate them and yep. used their helmets as just like totems and hits them with, you know, different sticks, like percussion instruments. Like <laughs> that, this is pretty cool. And, and it's cool that they, you know, this is the probably where they got that game mode, which I played a lot of that game. mode. it's pretty freaky because like you can't see anything until it's too late. A lot of the times so you just get beset upon by these little furry warriors that are going to be just eating you alive. So, that's pretty cool there. And yeah, like going back to like some of the um, current series, like sometimes they have a little bit of a fan, you know, fan film feel to them, like Book of Boba Fett or something. And that's just a testament to the, the technology we have available for consumers now that can just use their cameras, use some good lighting, use a good angle. And hey, it looks like that could be on a Disney Plus series, you know, so it's it's pretty neat that we are at that era. And um, I haven't seen really any fan films aside from a handful but uh, nope. it's cool to see that that's still going strong oh yeah fan films like if you literally type in star wars fan films there were fan films just posted within mm -hmm. the last few weeks to month like there was multiple i saw those posted like three weeks ago one month ago two months ago like people are making fan films consistently and uh they're really good heck i saw a fan film a few months ago it was it was a really good one um sure it was a little cheesy because the cgi but it was done pretty well it was like a it was like a lone x-wing squadron like basically you know they got a band you know basically the rebel alliance forgot them and they were dealing with like space creatures outside and you know it was kind of like a whole alien vibe to it and it was uh it was done pretty well for what it was it was like a little 10 minute fan film and pretty good and it's a you know like i said it's a testament to the fans and my thing with with fan films like really at the end of the day when it comes to filming is like it doesn't really matter what 
like things are filmed on. Honestly, because heck, look, we see movies that are made with a hundred million dollar budgets and they're total crap. So like, you know, there's there's plenty of examples of fan films. You know, fans can make great movies. Like, like I've seen so many people say before, and it's so true. Like, take Steven Spielberg for example. He's arguably the greatest director of all time. He mm-hmm. could make an Oscar. He could make an Oscar worthy fan film on a, or he could make an Oscar worthy movie on an iPhone easily. No, I I have no doubt about it. Like, you know, if he had the cast. He could f- figure out the shots, how to how to work around mm-hmm. the limitations of an iPhone. Like, I mean, Christopher Nolan, he's talked about it several times. His first movie, um, or his first big movie, Memento, that movie, if you watch it, it was very low budget. Um, I believe it was only like a uh, $200,000 budget or something, or it was very, very low budget compared to anything. And anyways, he uh, he talked about when he made that movie... It was, uh, it, it basically, so basically what he did was, you know, he knew like the limitations to the cameras at the time in the nineties. So like he worked around that, like he knew what budget he had. So like you could work around those limitations and that's what a lot of fans are doing these days versus just trying to like, Oh, you know, trying to make, you know, they're not trying to make the Avengers on an iPhone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's neat. As far as for me, I you actually were involved with this. I did a live stream of the Old Republic because I'm trying to set my system up. I, you know, maybe I'll do some Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga streams in the near future here. So I wanted to make sure my rig is ready to go with all my settings. So I said, let me throw on the Old Republic. It's been a while. I want to try to level up one of my characters. So I know you joined me. I was leveling my Sith Marauder on Ilum. I was taking out Darth Malgus, or at least taking him out temporarily because we know he comes back to life again later on or survives, whatever. Um, so I was having fun doing that. It's just nice to, to get into a good old MMO and just have fun relaxing and I just killing a bunch of goons and getting some loot. So that was my week in Star Wars, but for everybody else out there, you can go ahead and download this video, download this podcast. If you don't want to watch it on your car ride, you got to go somewhere, go ahead, download Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, we're on all of your favorite streaming apps, plus you can go ahead and watch us usually every Friday at 9 o'clock Eastern. This one is pre-recorded. But this is one you're going to want to check out on YouTube because as we talk about Lego Star Wars, I'm going to have some B-roll footage of me playing through the first couple levels of the game. So if you want to have an idea of what we're talking about, this would be a really good week for you guys to tune in live on YouTube or tune in rather if we're not live this week, tune in to YouTube and watch us there. Um, as far as what's out this week, we had Queen's Hope, which is the third and final Padme novel from E.K. Johnson. This one takes place directly after the events of Attack of the Clones, deals with the wedding between Padme Anakin and a couple other loose threads that were tied up. Um, As far as this one's concerned, I still like the first one the best, Queen's Shadow, which is in between Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones, but it's nice that we have Padme books. These These ones, I don't know, I couldn't connect with the writing very much. But it's nice to see that they're there because they weren't existent there in in Legends. Um, besides that, we had in comics a single issue of Bounty Hunters, issue number 22. We have uh, the, the characters, all the Bounty Hunters there. We have Boss, we have Tasu Leech, we have Zuckus for OM. They're on Corellia trying to get this person back that they captured for information. Um, they got her and now they're trying to make their way out. And all the Unbroken Clan is trying to take them out to get their leader back. So it's a very action-packed, but very light on the story, but still great artwork nonetheless. And, well, this is the main topic of the story, and that is, of, of the show, and that is Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. This thing has been delayed more times than I care to freaking count at this point. But man, oh man, is it worth the wait, because I don't know about you, but I've been really enjoying this game. Um, so we're going to just go ahead give our first impressions about what we think about the game because none of us are even close to finishing the game. So let's start with you, Ben. What do you think so far about Lego Star Wars? Was it worth the wait? Oh, yeah, it was It was worth the wait. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wish we would have had it a couple of years ago, but it's good that it's finally here. I mean, we, we finally made it. We finally yeah. got our hands on this game. Uh, like you said, we're, no one's anywhere close to being done with it unless you just binged it the first couple of days. But for me, you know, I don't mind taking my time at playing this game and just uh, 
taking it slowly and, and just kind of enjoying the ride. I, I'm really enjoying the game so far. I think the visuals are, are, are beautiful on the game. Like the gameplay is really done really well. Like, like for example, the combat, I like the combat adjustments where, you know, now you have multiple buttons to attack, like the right trigger or X or, or B or like, you know, the different buttons you and combos you can use to attack are really cool. Um, and just a lot of the features like that they've incorporated to make this game more in depth. And then of course, just the overall scope and scale of the game is I feel like what is the biggest draw point for almost everybody playing it. Like, sure, of course, it's a new Star Wars game. People are hyped. But I feel like the scale is what's really drawing everybody into the game for how big the game is and how you can just go in and explore the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, so we'll start off with the visuals first because you mentioned how they stand out. And as I'm watching my playthrough of the Phantom Menace here, I really like to see the textures of the characters. Like, we're watching that protocol droid in the beginning of the Phantom Menace. And about that, they actually made the character look like metal, like the, the shininess of the actual textures on the character. But everything else, like, it's a Lego game. And a lot of times I forget it's a Lego game because the environments themselves look, look so good, almost like they're not built of Legos, but they are. Um, so, yeah, starting there and then, and then talking about the open world, or in this case, open galaxy i'm playing this on the pc you're playing on the series s and and either way it's like the load times are almost non-existent on these next gen hardware um so being able to go into your ship pull up the galaxy map go from tatooine to hoth in literally like three seconds go through hyperspace end up in like the orbit get a choice if you want to land a certain place if you want to explore the the solar system the space around the planet there's different things for you to explore there but yeah, that's the thing. It's just the scope, right? You said the scope, the, how big this game is. This is the first game we're ever going to have where it's going to compile the entire nine films of the Star Wars saga. Going from yeah. original trilogy, if you want to start there, you could start at uh, Force Awakens or you could start at Phantom Menace. So I'm going through chronologically. And it's just so awesome to see that the, the amount of care that they took to do all these specific levels and allow you to play through them in free play mode later on, have all these different challenges. Each level requires, you know, to 100% a level, you have to like basically get the mini mini kits, which are hidden. Then you have to collect as many bricks to get you to true Jedi. Then you have to uh, basically, it's, it's just so much going on with each level that you can have. There's so much replay value in this game. It's kind of crazy because then you actually earn things like the Kyber bricks which will allow you to upgrade your health or even specific character archetypes let's say you're going to focus on a jedi you can end up doing a lot with the jedi class um getting powered up or in my case i'm just doing the core abilities so i'm going to just try to do that for now and you can unlock so many characters every time you beat a level you're unlocking different characters some of them like the villains you do have to spend uh bricks on themselves but there's a ways around getting more bricks, multipliers, and stuff like that through other other upgrades in the game. So, yeah, the, the list is exhaustive when it comes to just overall amount of things you could do in this game, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Funny thing, funny thing you, um, you bring up landing in certain places and stuff. I forgot to message you about this during, during the week. So, I actually had to replay the first... I had, I had to just restart Phantom Menace completely, actually. Yeah. Because I I don't know if I don't know if it was like a glitch or something or or if it's something you can just do, but like so you know how when you start the Phantom Menace you play like inside the Trade Federation ship yeah okay so okay and you know how you start in space and you go to the Trade Federation ship uh -huh. and you go in and and all that stuff well yeah. when I did that when I first started up the game and and was flying in space. I went straight to the planet, like I it huh. landed me on it landed me on Naboo, and I was like, "What the heck?" Like, there's no way they could have skipped the Trade Federation. I just played through Naboo like you normally would and continued oh, the game. And man. I was like, and I was like, "This is not right." Like, they could not have skipped the Trade Federation. So I looked it up on YouTube, and I saw people playing gameplay. I was like, "What in the world? How did they play the Trade Federation?" So I just went back, deleted my game out, <laughs> and just restarted it, and then it then it worked but i was like i don't know what i clicked like if i i clicked a prompt and didn't realize it or something that skipped that part of the game or, or what but 
because I even snapshot my cousin. I was like, what in the world? They just skipped the Trade Federation part of this game. And he was like, I don't know what's up with that. It didn't do that for my game. So uh, I, I don't know what happened. Like it was a glitch or, or something. But wow. Yeah, it, it was just a weird little experience. Yeah, I forgot to message you that um, a couple days ago when that happened. But uh, yeah, it, it was definitely interesting. So yeah, I, I actually had to replay those parts twice for having that happen. But hey, it, it was worth it because then I got to explore a little more since I kind of knew what was coming up and, you know, it wasn't as tricky. Yeah, the intro is definitely threw me for a loop because I wasn't expecting to start off as the actual like blockade runner type of ship, you know? It's yeah. like, wait a minute, I'm starting as this thing and where, where is this going? And it took me like a second to get the controls because like I'm used to playing Battlefront or slightly different than that. But I will say like it's cool that we have like full, you know, dedicated ship con uh, content, combat, flight controls for that. They've actually put so much time into that whole aspect. And and what I will say is a lot of the game is, you know, you just go, you're going through the level, and it's an all-ages game. So nothing is going to be incredibly difficult. Like, I haven't really died other than falling off of a, a cliff, and then it instantly spawns you, and you go at it again. But I do appreciate there's a lot of mini-games that kind of spice up the overall flow and pacing of the game. For instance, in Phantom Menace, you're going to have that bongo chase underneath the, the waters of Naboo where you're you're forward-facing the, the, the enemies behind you and trying to, like, dodge and shoot them. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. Um, and, you know, doing the Battle of, Battle of uh, Naboo, you're actually, like, overview of, like, a, like a turret. You're taken down into, like, the platoons of troops and, and tanks and stuff like that. Or in the case of Attack of the Clones, at one point... You're speaking to Dexter Jester, trying to get the information about Django Fett. And he says, oh, you got to do a favor for me first. I got to feed these hungry hun hungry patrons or whatever. So then you're delivering food to tables, which is just really funny. Uh, so a lot of great content like that mixed in with your your revamped controls. And what I will say is, like, I remember the controls of the Complete Trilogy um, along. They were, like, just, like, basically side-scrolling. You were kind of stuck on, like one path right there there wasn't a lot of complexity like you were saying with like the combos now that you can do a melee you can like juggle somebody in the air then and then and then the enemies get smart and they start blocking so then you gotta hit different button to hit them so there is a little a little bit more complexity but like even the the over the shoulder camera angle what do you think about like the new camera angle where it's like closer to the character um that definitely threw me off. I can say that at first. Ha! Like I, I, you know, I'd seen I'd seen videos and stuff of it. And I was like, eh, it probably won't be that bad, but it definitely bothered me at first. Um, because I was like, man, this is like really zoomed in, you know. Um, so it did take me. It took me probably halfway through. It took probably took me clear up to like the pod race basically to get used to it in Phantom Menace because it was just like, I don't know. It was like really really interesting like there's a point i went into the menu just to see if you could like change that camera angle because i was like i wonder if i can back out of this like camera angle because it was it was kind of annoying me at first um but you know once you get used to it it's fine i think uh and for a lot of people though they probably are going to be totally fine with it because there are plenty of other games like i know one of my friends said i believe the game battlefield has the similar camera angle um i haven't played that game before so I, i'm not sure but uh but I had just not really had much experience playing that camera angle because like, for example, when I play Battlefront or Halo, you know, that's all first person shooters. So it's not really anything like that. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting getting used to that camera angle versus like the more zoomed out. But, you know, I've gotten used to it now. Oh, yeah. I play a lot of third person action games like Assassin's yep. Creed and a whole bunch of other things, even Jedi Fallen Order. Right. So for me, I felt right at home and I was like, oh, good. This is going to be more detail in the characters it's going to be giving me a little bit more control the fact that i can like pan around like 360 degrees is so yep. nice with exploration especially with a game like this where you're going open world like you kind of have to have a closer sh over the shoulder angle and and for things like that revamped their range combat oh my gosh the range combat's so much better because now you can even like get behind objects like gears of war and and, and start yep. firing over the shoulder and pinpointing certain armor pieces, like you could shoot off like the, the clone trooper's helmet and then snipe them in the face, you know. So it's a lot mm -hmm. of fun there. Um, talking about what makes Lego games so unique is is the overall comedy and the, and the, the levity they bring to 
some of the more darker points in Star Wars, uh, a couple of things I'll note out is um, the one area in the Battle of Naboo where, you know, the, the ships are, the, the, the troop carriers and the droids are coming through and the Gungans are setting up their shields. And there's this guy who's on a freaking lawnmower just like listening to the Trade Federation yeah. march. I put this one out on, on my Twitter and it was just like, oh, that made me laugh. Or in the case of like Obi-Wan Kenobi meeting uh, Grievous on Utapau, he's like, hello there. And he just starts going into like a breakdance kind of thing. And then freaking Grievous does the same thing. And it's just so bizarre, right? And then like they even mess around with Order 66 and try to lighten, lighten it up a little bit because man, oh man, we've been seeing those events way too many times recently and they never end well right but at least yeah how do they add... um how do they actually do the order 66 uh do they show like anakin lego lego anakin going to the temple or anything like no flying? There, okay. there's no anakin <laughs> level or you don't even see him doing anything uh it's just like referred to yep. but like there are moments where you see like uh i think it's like ala secura's like hand or like something like reaching for her lightsaber like motionless on the ground so they did a good job of like trying to hide this the darkness of that movie of revenge of the sith because i've played all the way up until uh a new hope i had started that as of recording this this morning so i i've gotten through all the prequels and and man oh man like i, I gotta shout out the voice cast because especially playing through attack of the clones Friends is that hearing James Arnold Taylor as Obi Wan, hearing Matt Lanner as uh, Anakin, hearing uh, everybody else there that that was part of you know all the all the clones, right? Everybody involved with Clone Wars, like having a a take on on their take of like Revenge of the Sith for it. It's just so freaking cool. Uh, Deep uh, Bradley Baker, the clones. There we go. Yep. Uh, oh yeah, the voice the voice actors really um make the game a lot of fun. You know, obviously, once I get through the whole campaign, um, once I play through all nine movies, I'm gonna switch it over to mumble mode then, and oh. then just and then just have fun with it that way because you know by that point you don't need to really worry about the dialogue, you know. So I uh, I'm gonna switch it over to that once I play through all nine movies. But yeah, the voice actors, it's it's a lot of fun. And I'm pretty sure, I think Billy D. Williams played Lando for this, if I'm not mistaken. I I, I, think I, I believe I heard that as well. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure Billy D played Lando, so that's a uh, that's another name to throw on there. But I, like you said, we haven't got to that that point in the in the game yet. Yeah, so I mean, it's so far so good. There's a lot of vehicles you could you could jump on like Banthas. There's 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 puzzles in the game, but again, these puzzles are meant for all ages, so they're not gonna really sump you at all. Um, so some minor criticisms I have so far mm -hmm. in a game um, is simply. One of the levels, just the frame rate's really, really bad. And that's a droid factory on Geonosis in Attack of Clones. Like, you're, you're, I think what does it is you have two different sets of characters you're controlling that you can switch between. So it's like a pair of Anakin and Padme, and then a pair of R2 and C3PO. And then you can like control these two different like pairs of characters in different areas of the level. I think like that they have to smooth that out a little bit because it was very laggy, very low FPS. Um, another thing for me is just the menu system is a little bit kind of strange for me. I'm getting used to it, but at first I was like, oh, this could be... The, the flow of the menus could be a little bit better in my eyes, especially because yeah. I was having trouble, like, in free play mode, like, switching characters, and I just couldn't really figure it out. At least uh, if they didn't have a tutorial, at least make it a little bit easier or something like that, because I, I understand it now, but at the time I was like, oh, this menu is not working with me. Um so, but I mean, if those are the worst of things about the game, then I, I would say the game's doing pretty well. I mean, looking at the Metacritic right now, which is just an amalgamation um, of all the, the current critical reviews, it's got an 83 on PlayStation 5, which is freaking great. I mean, if any game gets like over an 80 um, by an average, it's just very, very good all around game. Um, and I believe that would actually make it higher than even um, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, as far as like where that's standing with the current Disney era of Star Wars, um, Star Wars games. Oh yeah, like this game, this game for sure. I feel like is going to hold that rating just because overall it's it's like a lot of fun. Like you said, there's so much to do. There's um, all the great characters, the actors, like everybody involved. Like I feel like the game just overall is really high quality. And like you said, 
you know, you have a couple uh, critiques like the frame rates and the menus. I also felt I, I didn't think about that earlier, but the menus, the menus are kind of a little, uh, a little strange. I feel like the setup and layout of the menus. So that that was something that took me a minute to kind of click around and get used to. And then my only other, my only real critique of this game, and I had my cousin who's playing this game and my buddy who's playing this game, they both texted me like the day they had got the game as well um, when they first started playing on launch day a couple days ago was like, hey, you know, it feels like, you know, of course, a lot of this has to do with the more open world and like the all the different extra things you can do. But it feels like a lot of the game, like say compared to the old game, a lot of the game, like the, the, the parts of the game are very short. So like, for example, when you're in the Trade Federation ship, it feels like it's like, like almost like a blink of an eye, like really quick. But then like, for example, like in the older game, it felt like you spent a lot more time inside the Trade Federation ship or like on Naboo in the swamps versus like, it feels like this game, it's like really quick paced in terms of advancement of the story versus like hanging out in areas for longer periods of time. But those are that was the only like real critique I found in the game. But hey, it's not that big. It's not like it's not like it's like a major flaw or anything. So yeah, as far as like the overall uh, time, I. I... I kind of have to disagree a little bit, uh, just because I like where the the, the, the gameplay is about hours, uh, about two hours worth, just like the movies are generally. So, um, yeah. and I'm rushing through. I'm not rushing, but I'm not like doing any side quests necessarily. So I'm I'm going through at a pretty good pace, and it still takes me about two or so hours. So like by the end of the, the the prequel trilogy, I'm like at about seven or so hours, which you know multiply by three. If they're all around generally the same, you're gonna get a good twenty hours just out of this game without even looking at the, the side quest which man that's that's a good that's a good price right there you know 60 uh, either 50 or 60 depending on if you get deluxe yeah. for 20 hours worth of gameplay and probably a double that easily if you plan on doing anything else besides that with the side quest and it's it's a pretty good pretty good time um to to cost here i think on this one uh but i think maybe the reason why they're so quick on some of these things like you mentioned because i that did dawn on me i was like oh wow i wasn't in that ship very long in the beginning um they're just i think there's so much to do outside of the story content that they want to keep the story content brief because the last thing you want to do is feel like you're grinding to the same level um, and with, I think, most of the game being just outside of the story content with all the side quests that have you going to multiple planets, that that would definitely make it so it's it's going to be um, a little different than last time, right? Last time, they didn't really have as much of, like, side quests in an overworld like this. So that would be yep. what I would have to say about that. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely why, like, all the different side quests and things like that. Like, you know, with the with the other games, you know, you basically... To like fully complete the game um, in everything that you would need to do, you'd have to play through it three total times. You have to, you'd have to play through the initial time. You'd have to play through like one time with certain characters. So like say a bounty hunter and a droid, and then the next time you'd have to play through the level with like a Sith and a stormtrooper or something, uh, and something along you know basically those types of combinations. And then that's how you would complete the game doing it that way and then like this game in, in comparison you know it just has like so many like yep. extra side quests and and uh, mini games mm -hmm. and things like that you know a lot more a lot more extra things you can do so you're not spending as you know i guess basically it, it really balances out because if you think about it like in the other game you were spending more time in like say the ships in the beginning or on naboo or on tatooine or things like that you're spending more time in, in those locations because they don't have that open world aspect to the other mm -hmm. game um, compared to this game. So I guess it's just really, you know, it's trade-offs on both games. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there you go. Do you have any final remarks on LEGO Star Wars yeah. Skywalker Saga from what you played so far? Yeah, I would say from what I, like I said, I've only played through Phantom Menace. But as of right now, the game for me is trending toward like a nine to like a 9.2, 9.3 type type game for me, I would say, because like 
like I said, my only critique was just the pacing uh, is a little bit quick on the story itself, but you know, that's justifiable. And then like every other part of the game is great. Like the visuals, the gameplay, the combat, the variety, the open world, the, uh, the ship control, as you mentioned earlier, is very nice, very smooth. And just the overall look of the game is very, uh, it's just very well done. And then of course the voice actors playing the characters, it's just, um, it's just a really good game as a whole. And I definitely recommend it to anybody, anybody that's looking to get it. And, you know, also to throw out there for our viewers, like, Hey, if you want to look up fun things to like make your Lego game experience a little more fun, look up the different codes online. Cause like there's plenty of websites that have the list of codes for this game of, you know, it's not anything to like unlock all the levels or unlock unlimited studs or anything like that. It's just codes to, um, you know, there's their code exclusives actually. So, you know, it's not even bonuses you can earn end game, but there are codes like you can get Darth Vader holiday special version or Ray holiday special or Luke holiday special, like different things like that. You can get, um, you can get the razor crest from Mando, uh, you know, those types of things. And they're code exclusive, so, you know, that's the only way you can earn them. So that's just a fun little bonus thing if you'd like to, you know, add that to your, like, Lego collection in-game. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So definitely worth it for people that have families especially. There's actually co-op. So you can actually have split-screen co-op where you each get your own portion of the screen, so you're not going to be, like, tugged along by somebody that's leading the way. You can literally be in this level with somebody a friend or a family member, whatever. So that's really cool. They've, they haven't done it quite like that in any other Lego game. But this is a really great game for anybody to get into. It's not super complicated. Anybody can pick up a controller, play through some of their favorite moments in Star Wars, which we just don't have anything like that right now. We don't have anything where you can just jump in and um, play through Empire, then go over and play through Phantom Menace and whatever. So to me, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think I'm leaning more toward that nine category right now. Um, my review will be out sometime. If you're listening to this on podcast form, probably sometime this week. Um, watching this on Friday, probably late next week at some point. So, again, I'm just streamlining this content, but I'm going to try to at least get a couple. Of course, I'm going to try to get a couple hours worth of play time with the free play mode to, before I go get uh, go ahead and give my final thoughts. But right now, I will say if you're on the fence definitely go ahead and grab it. I think it's definitely worth it. And a good thing is it's like $10 less than most games right now, or in case of PlayStation 5, $20 less because you could buy the base copy at 50. If you want to spend the extra $10, you can get the $60 deluxe version, which will come with um, a bunch of like free or not free, a bunch of customization options or, or, or characters rather. Bad Batch you're going to get, you're going to get Mandalorian stuff, which is already out, I believe. You're yep. going to get solo stuff. So a lot of great content all around. So look forward to that review that I will have in the short term come in the future. Um, so we do have a couple other news stories to talk about this week. And we're going to talk about first, we got a bombarded with a bunch of Star Wars celebration news. So yes, the big convention running this month, May 25th through the 29th, I believe is when that's taking place. We have a bunch of, of new things. The first thing that was announced this week uh, was that they're having a showcase panel. Um, and I'm going to read straight from StarWars.com here. We have Star Wars Celebration returns in May, launching with a must-see showcase that will kick off the weekend's festivities into overdrive on Thursday, May 26th. Um, we have Lucasfilm's current crop of live-action filmmakers will be joined by special guests to discuss the many Star Wars adventures Coming soon, including Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and during The Mandalorian. So there you go. That is what I consider like the keynote um, panel. So it's funny that this is going the way it is because usually every the first day of any Star Wars celebration is not the biggest day. But in this case, this is going to give us like a glimpse, I feel like, because we did get uh, confirmation that we're getting a Mandalorian panel on Saturday with Dave Filoni and John Favreau and some special guests. So I think what's happening is like, 
um, this is like our big, big moment. Kind of like if you look at E3, E3 the video for the video game fans, there's like one or two days where it's like these big press conferences and then the actual convention starts and they actually like take a laser focused like perspective on those bigger games they showed and a lot of people will play them and stuff. So it looks like we're going to get like some big announcements, right? We're going to get that Mandalorian stuff. We're going to get some Andor stuff and then maybe we'll split later and have that Mandalorian panel, maybe have an Andor panel on like sat Friday or Saturday. And, and split off into it that way. I, I kind of like that um, because it, it gives us like, okay, this is what we can expect uh, for, for, for this weekend here. It's interesting about the Obi-Wan Kenobi. They better have its own panel now that they announced the Mandalorian panel. I would really hope that they have an Obi-Wan Kenobi panel, especially with the coming out two episodes literally that day. So um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be wanting to tune in because um, they haven't announced that there's going to be a live stream, but they've been literally having a live stream for years and years and years at this point so i can't assume that that they wouldn't at this point no. but uh i know you're gonna you're not gonna be uh, unfortunately able to make it this time around but um yeah what do you think about this this way of doing things because usually thursday have been a slower day for the most yeah. part yeah i think i mean i think it'll be um i think it'll be a pretty good overall layout like you said i think they're doing it the way they are because they're gonna announce like hey this is our schedule at celebration. Like they'll do like the brief Mando, um, you know, the brief panel of the, of the shows. And then, you know, we'll, you'll have break off like separate panels of each of them over the weekend is what I'm guessing is how it'll like branch out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think it'll be something along those lines. And then, like you said, for, for Kenobi, or I mean, for the streaming, you know, they're, they're of course going to have, you know, the, the whole thing streaming, I feel like the only time they're not going to have it stream is uh, if you guys have a watch party of the two Kenobi episodes while you're there. Yeah. Just because, just because, you know, everybody at home, it'll be the whole thing of like, Hey, we're watching it here and everybody at home pay for Disney plus if you want to watch it like type deal. So, uh, so I think you guys are going to for sure have a watch party. I feel like, and I really think there, I, I mean, they haven't confirmed there's going to be a watch party at celebration, but I feel like it's going to be, because if you listen to that clip they posted of Ewan McGregor saying, because he said, let's watch it together. I'm pretty sure is his wording he used in that in that trailer. So in that clip. So, like, I think you guys are going to be watching it um, at Celebration. Like, I, I really think that's what's going to happen. They might have a watch party for it with the whole auditorium, like whoever's in that hall at the time. So, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's a good setup. And there's going to be so much hype building around it because, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. You have Kenobi. The bit, This is going to be the biggest Star Wars project, in my opinion, next to Force Awakens, like, coming out. Like, this is by far the biggest Star Wars anything Disney's produced. Yeah. Just because, just because it's, like, the most iconic character. So, like, they have to make this weekend hit. Like, they have to have all these panels hit they have to have this show hit like i feel like you know they have confidence in the show because there's two episodes of it getting released like it has to hit because this show in my opinion like i don't want to sound like alarmist or anything but i feel i really do feel like the future of star wars streaming and shows rely on kenobi's success or failure i really do yeah it's funny you mentioned like this is going to be possibly the biggest show ever for for star wars and all Yep. And I and I kind of buy that, especially after an interaction with a coworker today, because we were just kind of joking around with each other, and he's like, you know, something to us about like, oh yeah, well I'm gonna watch the Kenobi show, so we, me and you have something to actually talk about for once. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I looked at him, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna watch the Kenobi show. Like this is the guy. This has you know watched Mandalorian, right? So it's like. Okay, so like there's people out there that haven't really watched anything new in Star Wars, but they're willing to watch this thing for some reason. So I take yep. it from like a layman, like like a, like a, like a general audience person, is like there's actually a lot more people probably going to be interested in than I realized to begin with, you know. So oh, this this show, in my opinion, the Kenobi show has the most pressure of it of any Star Wars property under Disney since The Force Awakens coming out. Like it for sure has the most pressure because. If it's a hit, everybody's going to love it. It's going to be like the best thing ever. But for all intents and purposes, say if this show doesn't hit and doesn't work out, 
we could be at like DEFCON 5 with Star Wars. Because, like this could be this could be 2018 all over again with or 2017 all, all, all over again with like, you know, sure, you know, people, you know, people can like or dislike The Last Jedi. But there that was divisive as could be like if this show is as divisive as The Last Jedi was, Star Wars will be in a very, very, very bad place, in my opinion. Because, yeah. you know, you, you can't go and botch a show like this. Like, like I was talking to one of my friends about it. Like, you cannot mess up Kenobi. Like, in my opinion, like, the good thing is at least, I feel like Kenobi is almost uh, almost foolproof. Because as long as we have, like, Vader fighting Kenobi, Inquisitors fighting, like, you know, these type of things, like, it's enough to satisfy Star Wars fans. Like, we joke around on here. Star Wars fans aren't easy to please. Like, give us that sort of stuff and we're good. And I think that's what we're going to get. But if we don't get that then we'll be talking but uh but yeah i just i just think it it's a you know the, the nation i feel like the world is going to be watching this may 27th is the day like people are going to be tuning into star wars celebration they're going to be tuning into the kenobi panel they're going to be tuning into kenobi to see what everybody's talking about because it is literally the biggest things like you said um talking about layman's people like people not like as uh, diehard Star Wars fans as we are on the on this show and you know uh, I, I know someone you know I went to college with and you know I saw her post the other day like I can't wait to see Kenobi and Darth Vader in the Kenobi show and she like is just total lame in Star Wars fan so like seeing people like that talk about it it's like that's high expectations so it has to be a big hit mm-hmm. yeah so getting getting back to yep. Just the overall flow, like yeah. just like looking at this, I think it's a cool idea to build up hype for the weekend. Maybe they'll yeah. give us a little teaser of something at each one of these. But I, I now that we're we're getting confirmation of actual standalone panels, I think they'll maybe say like f- maybe spend five ten minutes on each like specific thing, and then they'll probably say, "Oh, come back at on five o'clock on Friday as we have the deep dive panel and you'll see more or something like that. Uh, so it's going to set the tone. It's going to get people buzzing on the internet too. Cause people are going to be yep. like, Oh, I got to tune in to celebration all weekend to, to see what's coming out. I think what could happen with Obi-Wan is you and McGregor will probably be on stage and he'll be like, Oh, join me later for everybody in the room uh, later tonight at eight o'clock PM. We're going to ha- we're going to have a live showing for you guys. And everybody will be able to come and watch because what's going to happen is at least I don't know how it's set up. I've never been to Anaheim Convention Center, but in Chicago Convention Center is pretty cool because they had all different ways you could watch like the the um, the panel for the Rise of Skywalker. So they had the major arena, which had like thousands of seats that people could go in. If you couldn't get into that, then you would get you would get into like these um they call them like satellite rooms, which are in the convention, the big big rooms, not not quite the size of a stadium, but several several hundred chairs maybe even a thousand or so and for everybody else they they would be on like the actual like showcase floor where all the booths are and it would have like all these giant screens that they would normally have by like the star wars show stage which they would have celebrities on and stuff like that so like no no matter what you'd be able to watch that thing so i think i feel like they'll have a similar setup on this here several rooms if you can't make it into the main one oh yeah i feel like there's a good chance you know they might yeah, of course, they'll plan ahead for something like that. Of course, like, you know, it'll be, you know, they might do it something like, hey, you know, we'll be watching it, like, say, in the main the main room, you know, you'll have, like, the main cast, like, say, Ewan and Hayden and those type of people. But maybe in, like, the other rooms, you have, like, the host from the Star Wars show watching it in a yeah. different section of the convention center, that sort of thing, just to, like, include everybody, which is a really good way to operate just because then it makes everybody, like, feel like they're part of this like big experience you know and that's the important thing about going to these type of celebrations and mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff and uh you know there's plenty of opportunities for them to do that for like the kenobi show you obviously have like a potential for an, i i think there's a good chance we get an andor trailer you know um i yeah. think there's a chance for that and then i'm still i i know i know you're a little more optimistic on me but i'm still skeptical that we're, we're gonna get mando season three this year um but I mean, if we get Mando season three's trailer, that would be cool. Or even a release date, that would be great. Um, but yeah, like I really, I hope we get all that. Like if we get Kenobi episodes, plus, I mean, we are we're obviously getting Kenobi episodes, but if we get like an Andor trailer, a Mando trailer, a you know announcement for like future projects and things like that. 
Like, I think we're going to be, you know, sitting really well because Star Wars is trending in a direction, you know, like it feels like we're heading in a really good direction for things like Boba was fine, but like it, it's mm-hmm. still not bad. Like, you know, Star Wars, I think as a fandom, we're heading back to that like pre-Force Awakens. Like people are hyped about Star Wars. They're excited about it because of like Mando, because of Boba, because of Kenobi now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I think we're we're looking at the short term here, but I mean, they say filmmakers and more. Does that mean we could possibly get some movie announcements? Maybe, maybe Patty Jenkins walks on this on a stage with the writer, and they maybe show some concept art and be like, "Hey, come back, come back to next year's celebration, and we'll so, we'll show you the trailers." Or maybe they'll announce the cast. Right? They could easily go on, and like I said, they could do like ten, five, ten minute little intervals. All right, now we're gonna talk about. Rogue Squadron, and here come the lead actors, and here comes Oscar Isaac to reprise his role as Poe Dameron as the mentor of this new cast of characters, and like, they could make a huge splash with some of the movies. Oh, and here comes Taika Waititi to reveal the name and the era of his first movie, and that's going to be coming out in 2025. Like, oh, and here comes John Favreau. He also has something to say about his new series set during the High Republic, um, and they're yep. shooting next month. Like, this is probably going to be the panel where we're going to get like the the, the um stuff that we're going to get announced like the, the like we had yeah. like the Disney Plus day or or not Disney Plus day the investor day meeting from December. I feel like this is going to be that sort of panel. This is actually going to be almost structured exactly like that panel where Kathleen Kennedy is going to be introducing these creators coming up to the stage and and maybe make it short and sweet and again like some of the bigger things coming out soon. We'll, we'll get the whole dedicated 45 minute hour long panel later on the weekend. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love to love to hear some stuff about the movies. And I feel like this would be the place unless they have a separate panel called like a filmmaker. Uh, what's coming next to the movie theaters? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that would be great. One thing I do really hope Star Wars does is like, you know, of course, we have these different things we just talked about that, you know, we know is coming and we expect is going to be there like. You know, an Andor trailer, potentially a Mando announcement, a obviously Kenobi news, whatever, Bad Batch news, potentially things like that. But I like I just want Star Wars to surprise us, you know, when when like it's so hard, um, like the Kenobi announcement. That was a surprise when that when that show first got announced. Like, I just want Star Wars to, like, give us some type of a surprise, like announce a. You know, I don't know, like you said, like a higher public show. Announce a, even a show, man, a show that would really blow the internet up. What, like, announce a show, like, post-episode 9 of Ray, like, rebuilding the Jedi or something. Oh, like, man. Like, like that, say what you want about the movies. I, I feel like with the sequels, you know, there was just so much you had to squeeze in for three movies. It was hard to, like, really flush out some of those characters. But if you give us, like, an eight-episode four season run of Ray post episode nine being guided by force Luke force ghost Luke rebuilding the Jedi or something like that would really flush out her character a lot. And like, just, just, you know, just give us something like that. Just surprise us. Like, you know, we expect an Andor trailer. We expect a Mando trailer, but I want star Wars to surprise us with something. Cause it's always like things we expect. Like even when things get announced, like you're like, Oh, like even the Kenobi show, like I just said, the Kenobi show was a surprise, but it was something you could see potentially happening. Like, give us something, like I said, like a Ray show. Like, that'd be unexpected because you'd expect mm-hmm. Ray to only be in the movies. Like, give us a Ray show, for example. Like, stuff like that. And that would be a big surprise compared to just, like, the normal, like, stock standard Star Wars stuff. Yeah. I guess yeah, I, I would say. Maybe, maybe Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams will walk out on stage and say, Hey, we finally could talk about this Lando series we've been teasing well, for the last two years. Well, speaking of the Lando series, did you see the Donald Glover, Jimmy Kimmel thing? Yeah, that's exactly why I was leaning on with this, because we didn't get a chance yeah. to talk about it last week. Yeah, perfect timing, <laughs> yeah. So for anybody that didn't know, like, Donald Glover basically confirmed he is playing Lando in the Lando series. So, you know, if you extrapolate that out, that basically means that is a live-action series that's coming. So, you know, take that for what it is, like, you know, that opens up the door for a possibility of many things. Like, we have Donald Glover playing Lando, so that means Han's going to be in it, of course. Like, you want to have a Lando... You know, I feel like we talked about it when this first got announced. Um, 
a couple of years ago when we were first starting this podcast, like when they first announced the Lando series, this basically felt like the solo two movie broken up into like the Lando universe, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, you know, we're going to be getting Han, you know, we're going to be getting Kira and Chewie and all those characters from that time period. Like it's going to basically be the solo two sh- solo two movie busted up into a series with Lando, oh, in my opinion. Like, okay. I, I really think, I, I think that's what they're going to do. Cause that'll satisfy the make solo two people happy. Can you imagine? And, can you imagine if they're like, and here we have Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams to talk about it, but we also have another guest here that wants to make his appearance. Everybody say hello to your Han Solo, old and Aaron Rank. And people just start losing their minds and be like, oh my God, it's Solo 2, it's happening. Yeah. Oh, we have uh, we have Amelia here as well. Yeah. <laughs> like Clark here is Kira. It's like, what is going on? See, that would break the internet. See, heck... A thing that would break the internet, like, like th- that's an example of what I would love to see. Like, sure, with the Lando series, but what if they come out, say, "Hey, we have we have a movie we'd like to announce." You know, they dim the lights and boom, pops up Solo Two logo, boom. Like that would break the internet. Like if we would get that type of an announcement, mm-hmm. like those type of things. Like I just want Star Wars to surprise us with something like that. Like that's all I'm asking for is just like, hey, surprise us with something we're not expecting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and literally two hours before we start recording, I was like, let me just check StarWars.com. They never release anything past like four o'clock on a Thursday. I'm like, oh crap, they announced a Bad Batch panel. So we have a, an animation Bad Batch panel looking at season two on Sunday. So there we're going to have Dee Bradley Baker. And I'm really happy to see that Michelle Ang, who voices Omega, is going to be there because. She's never been to any Star Wars convention, at least as part of uh, the promotion for Bad Batch or anything like that. So that'll be that'll be cool to get her her presence on there because I don't even know if I've ever seen an interview with the with the, with the actress. So that'll that'll be cool to get get her involved. So there you go. You got your animation stuff. We haven't heard of anything happening on Friday, but so far we have stuff planned for Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, um, you know, there's just going to be so much stuff wall to wall. We also got some more guest announcements. We have Deep Bradley Baker, as mentioned before. We have Dickie Beer, who I believe, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, played Boba Fett in some of the uh, stunt action parts of Return of the Jedi. We have Amy Allen, who plays Alice Secura, as I said, Michelle Lang. So a lot more... Uh, Oh, yeah, we also have uh, Katie Sackoff, Carl Weathers, Emily Swallow, all from The Mandalorian. So very, uh, very Mandalorian heavy, which is awesome because these people didn't really get to talk about it. So now these people can actually talk about seasons one and two and don't have to worry about spoiling anything or saying anything out of touch. Because that's the thing. A lot of times these panels, right, if it's a brand new series, like these actors literally can't say anything. It's just like, hey, this is my character. I could say like one line about them. And other than that, I can just kind of talk about how much i love star wars growing up as a kid and you know hey, that's, that's about it maybe i mean maybe this would be a surprise um since we all think it's toast but maybe maybe we get an update on rangers of the new republic like that oh. that would be a surprise like something like that would be interesting because think you have you have um katie sack off there with presumably a lot of people think they're pro- if that show happens they're probably reworking it with her leading it so you know you have a potential Katie Sackoff there, Carl Weathers, those type of characters. Like, I really think, you know, hey, maybe maybe that's an opportunity. And I do feel like if they don't mention that show at all, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it could go the way of many other Star Wars projects that kind of got to the <laughs> shelf and have been sitting it's, it's there collecting headed, it's dust. It's headed to Octu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, one final story I want to talk about this week. And... Um, it's a story that I always talk about, you know, collectibles. I like to talk about the updates, but uh, I'll be honest, I haven't actually gotten any collectible Star Wars figure in literally months, maybe even closer to a year at this point. But I might make an exception when I go to Cal- when I go to California for celebration. If I see something I really like, I'll probably buy it. Um, but we have a bunch of new Black Series. So I'm going to just run through Ed's vintage figures. Um I'm going to this for StarWarsNews.net, who aggregated all the uh, reveals. Uh, PulseCon, I think it was at. Um, so they have the the pipeline reveals, which is the stuff that's coming out um, later in the year. Um, this is for vintage, the three and three quarters. We have a Klatooine Raider. 
We have Artillery, Stormtrooper, Luke Mandalorian Season 2, and Dark Trooper. So, I mean, yeah, Klatooine Raider, cool, get him in there. I feel like we already have a Artillery, Stormtrooper, and Luke Mandalorian Season 2 is, like, literally the same Luke we've had from Return of the Jedi. So, <laughs> there you go, Hasbro is being Hasbro and putting out a basically a reprint of a figure they already have of Luke, which they have a million of them already, so... <laughs> anyway, I'm um, looking at the Black Series. We have a Black Series Grogu, which doesn't make a lot of sense because I already have one of those. I have one sitting up there. Um, well, well, this then, would be the Season 2 version, then. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but what changed? <laughs> you know what I mean? It says Season 2 on the box. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and Migs Mayfield Season 1. So they have the one figure of Migs Mayfield they have now is literally like a, a Rogue One tank trooper just with like his head on there instead of a helmet. So actually seeing them making a specific model for like the cool gun holster he has like on his back and stuff, like that's the figure I'd want from um, his character there. Things that got really, really exciting for me specifically and basically I'm talking about the story with the collecting is they have a couple comic book character black series figures coming out i like what they do with the box they make a cool collectible with like a comic book character that they're featured in the first one is probably one i would buy if i found a good price and it's sergeant creel from the star wars comics that they they dated back to 2015 this is a a captain stormtrooper that actually uses a lightsaber and at one point he actually kind of like goes up he goes up against luke skywalker um so this is before this is between the events of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. He has a green lightsaber, and he trains Luke um, in, a, in, in an arena on Nal Shada, I think I, I want to say at one point. So that's cool, because they give you a description. You open up the box. They give you a nice, like, really cool artwork and, like, a description of the character. Um, there's also... Oh, yeah, he looks really cool. Like, he has different kind of armor and everything else. Like, that's that's a good job on that one. Um, sticking with the comic book line, they also have the, the Princess Leia from the Princess Leia comic book miniseries that also came out in 2015. Uh, she just got a really cool outfit design with like a scarf and everything that definitely makes her stand out. And we also have, for the Legends fans out there, the Expanded Universe, uh, the Darth Vader Infinities, which is literally just Darth Vader in white. So <laughs> I know a lot of people love that story, though. So that's cool yep. that they're going to be able to get like their comic book. And I'm happy they're doing this. I just want to see them start making like novel characters. Like, I guess I can be kind of hard because if they don't appear anything visually, I guess they just don't want to try to make them. But um, anything could be better than the Black Kersantan Black Series figure they put out. I don't know if you've seen images of that thing, but it's pretty pretty bad. Uh, I can uh, Google it. Real it's quick basically the Black Kersantan is basically like a Chewbacca reprint that's just painted black with like some really like low definition armor that's just oh wow yeah I just found it. yeah i just found he it. wow come, that... he, doesn't even, he doesn't even come with the same weapon that he should he comes with freaking chewy's bowcaster it's like when does he ever <laughs> use a bowcaster in the freaking movie in the show okay so yeah i'm looking at it right now so i'm live reacting to it so yeah my just looking at this figure like like nothing against fans who like paint figures and stuff but it, this literally looks like a fan-made black chrysanthemum with the wrong weapon, like you said, like it literally yeah. looks, looks just like a Chewbacca, like a Chewbacca with just painted differently and has Chewie's gun. Like, yeah, wow, that actually I had not seen that actually before. What probably um, happened was like Lucasfilm gave them the like the idea of the character, like probably a Wookiee, like you know, uh, uh, like a month before it came out, or like, all right, uh, let's scramble to get this made. We don't have time to like make our own model of a new Wookiee, so we'll just use Chewie's to save time, and then we'll just paint him black and give him like this accessory. That's it. <laughs> that's basically what happened. I, I feel like that's probably a, a suitable thing there. Uh, looking looking there at the next uh, couple reveals around here. Uh, let's see. We have the Vintage 3 and 3 quarters. We have Figurin' Dan with the cool little uh flute type instrument oh we have a death watch mandalorian which looks really neat we have oh a mandalorian super commander so that's from the clone wars that oh yeah so it's basically like the maldalorian that yeah, i was really gonna say cool. that one's from the clone wars i think yep and they're actually making those for the game i play um star wars legion they're making like the entire like scum 
type of faction oh, called nice. Shadow Collective. Oh, yeah, they have another game in great, so now it's going to be um, Sev from Republic Commando. Yep. So those look really cool. Cool artwork there on the box and nice armor. Uh, I'm scrolling through right now as we're going through these. Yeah, the Leia looks really good, really, really good. Um, the Vader, it's like, yeah, it's just a Vader that's just white. You know, it's just, they've done a million Vaders. Um, this one's interesting. They have a Chewbacca Retro, which is prototype edition, which is strange. It's like literally a Chewbacca with like every limb is a different color. Like it's like very vibrant and bright. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why you would want this one. It's just so odd looking. Yeah, oh my man. gosh, so they have different versions of it, apparently. There's like the light blue one, light green. Oh, they're all different. That's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, this one I'm excited about. This They have an expanded universe, Shea Vizsla from the Old Republic. Flamethrowers, got the helmet. Looks badass, actually. I'm like, yeah, we need more Old Republic figures. Oh, wow, that's that's a mess up on the freaking design. So I'm looking at the packaging for the for the Lando Calrissian, and yeah. they they claim that it's from Battlefront too, but it's really from Solo. Like he's wearing that same outfit from the end when he's playing cards against uh, Han Solo and Han Solo oh, wins the Falcon. And it's their their title says Battlefront two. I mean, technically, are they wrong? No, because you could have that skin in Battlefront two. But you would think that they would oh, yeah. just say it's from Solo at that point. It's like Interesting. It's just a playable skin. I, that's that's very weird. I think it's just... Oh, they have an uh, Imperial Death Trooper multi-pack, which I guess people that want to build like armies of like many, many troopers, they save money by like the four-pack. There is a Clone Wars um, Arc Trooper Jesse. So that's pretty neat because I, I believe they already have um, fives and a couple of the other special troopers and the last one I'm going to leave off on, I'm like, why the heck did they make this? <laughs> they literally made a Black Series wearable helmet for Trapper Wolf, Dave Filoni's character in The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's they hilarious. actually went through, out of all the helmets that they could make, they made this one. I, I get it. He's awesome. But I was like, really? Like, I thought this was out a of joke all the when characters. I first seen it. Yeah. I mean, oh, I it's you. pretty neat, though. You can see, like, he's got, like, the wolf designs on his helmet. Yeah. Oh, I bet you they they have him, like, semi-promote that at Celebration. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine, like, Dave Filoni just walks out like that? Instead of the hat, I he's could, got the helmet I could on. See, I could see that. I could 100% <laughs> see that happening. But everybody like, in that room is going to go out there and buy the helmet. <laughs> the Hasbro's going to be sold out it, in, like, a minute. Oh, they would too. Like, I, I one million percent could see that happening. Star Wars sold. Like, if it's not on the main panel, it'll be at some point when he talks in the weekend. He'll have that helmet on. I feel like. <laughs> hey, my friends at Hasbro hooked me up with this helmet. I'm yep. switching that out for the switching the hat out for this this weekend. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Market marketing one hundred one. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically all we got to talk about this week. Uh, we hope that Milton can join us again next week where we're getting closer and closer to Obi-Wan Kenobi. That that promotion is going to start ramping up. More celebration stuff is going to start ramping up. So we're going to do our best here to cover everything that's uh, you know on a weekly basis here as we lead up to both of those major events at the at the end of May. So again, I want to thank everybody uh, for watching, for listening. What do you have going on this week, Ben? I know me and you are just basically going to be playing lego star wars you play madden as yep. usual yep i'm gonna play lego i'm pretty much gonna play lego star wars i'm gonna work on um playing through uh attack of the clones this weekend and then you know of course play madden and then of course lifts you know uh we're all into fitness here so just sticking with the normal fitness routine lifting doing cardio trying to eat healthy um ate a little bit bad the last couple days so kind of getting back onto it i'm starting tomorrow and then, uh, yeah, that's about all really. Oh, and then I have to watch Halo tonight because I haven't watched the new episode of Halo just yet. And I'm super, super excited to it's watch that because that is, 
that that show is just incredible. So, like I've only seen the first two episodes and I love it. Like I, I say it every week. This is this always turns into like partial Halo podcast at the end, but it's a must watch. Like if you're a fan of like like Star Wars, like you'd probably like you know sci-fi stuff like Halo. Like this Halo show on Paramount Plus is a must watch. Like I absolutely love the show and can't recommend it more. So um yeah, so for me like that's all I'll be doing this weekend and you can find me talking about all this stuff at Real Ben Maynard on all social media. Oh yeah, I got to plug this. I'll be at the um, Philly Comic Con this weekend. If you guys are in Philadelphia from Friday through Sunday, it's Fan Expo Philadelphia. I'll be there. Um, I know Milton said he might be there. I'm not sure if he is. Um, so you might, you're definitely gonna probably see me at least. I'll be walking around, um, probably with a Star Raptor shirt or an Outer Rim transmission shirt, one or the other. Uh, so come by and say hi. I'll give you a pin. I'll give you some stickers. I'll try to. I'll bring those with my book bag and uh, we can hang out. I'm going to go try to check out uh, my my friend from YouTube, Sean Chandler's channel. Um, he's got a panel going on at 115. And then right after that, I'm going to swing over and try to find uh, Mignaw Wen's panel and, and check that out with all the Mandalorian goodness there. Maybe she'll drop some hints. Probably not, but who knows? Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. Even on Friday, there's um, a couple Star Wars uh, panels going on with some, some actors like... Uh, well, the guy that's actually playing Grief Karga himself, Carl Weathers, will be there. Um, as well as uh, somebody else that's involved with Star Wars that's slipping to mind. So, yeah, there's Star Wars people there all week. If you guys are in the Philadelphia area, hit me up on Star Wars. I think you said uh, Ashley Eckstein before. That's right. She's also on Saturday. I will not be getting there in time for her panel. Uh, but she's always fun to listen to and watch. So, if you are there, try to check those panels out. And... Um, You'll find me there somewhere. So that's uh, the important thing. You guys, check that out. Um, as far as everything else, uh, yeah, I will be talking more about Halo Online. I, I think that show has been getting better and better uh, with every week. I like how it's really getting into the moral and ethic dilemma of like AI and like how people are cloned and really like stuff that starts to get quite unsettling, if you ask me. Um, and they do it in a really well way with um, really good way with Master Chief and developing him more in three episodes of TV than he's been developed in, you know, like six video games. So take that with what you will and just always know this is not the same universe as the Halo games. So try not to compare them too heavily with one another because technically you can't really do that if you want to be fair about it. So I'll say that. And, well, until next week, you can find Ben on Real Ben Maynard. And you can find me at Star Raptor. You can follow Milton at MiltonWeber7 on Twitter. And until next time, that's going to do it for us here at Outer Rim Transmission. This was number 53 in Transmission.